our gospel lesson for today, the first Sunday of Christmas, is a rather lengthy one. We are actually picking up very quickly after uh, the, the culmination of the Christmas story that we featured just a few days ago on Christmas Eve. Our reading is found from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40, and is the story of Jesus' dedication within the temple. Now, as it is a lengthy one, this might be a good opportunity if your coffee needs to be freshened up a little bit, if you need to get up and move around or stretch just a touch while we're reading the, the scripture, that, that this is a good opportunity to do it. And hey, it's a video. We'll never know. The gospel of the Lord. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. As the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, she was of great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began praising God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon them. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. Over the course of the time that I have been the pastor here in Underwood, I've done a number of funerals, and I've had the opportunity two different times to lead the funerals for individuals who had reached the century mark. One had just turned 100 years old and the other had reached the grand old age of 104. Now, in the course of these two different funerals, I had the opportunity to talk with their families, to share stories, to share memories, as I often do in every funeral. But in these two cases, as the advanced age of these two individuals both families shared the idea of just think of the changes that they have seen. And it's true. Imagine the changes that have gone on in the last hundred years. Imagine the changes that have gone on and that, that individuals could have witnessed. Think of someone who had been born right at the turn of the 20th century. They would have seen the first 
airplane or been around at the time of the first flight back in 1903. And then also think about they would see the people or they would see Neil Armstrong land on the moon in the very late 60s. They would then go on to see various changes and, and updates and, and all kinds of things, just amazing things that their eyes, that they would bear witness to. Now, this idea is present in what we have had today. I'm thinking about this man that we hear about, this man named Simeon. Now, Simeon is, lives in Jerusalem. He seems to be something of a prophet. And while we're not exactly sure, we assume that he's pretty old. Now, again, we don't know. That's just an assumption based on also the other character of Anna that we hear about. We assume Simeon is pretty old. But regardless of his age, he has had a promise from God. It has been revealed to him through the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he sees the Messiah. And that comes to fulfillment within our story today. As Simeon is in the temple, at that moment, Joseph and Mary, now about a week after the birth of Jesus, actually he's eight days old, that's, that's when the law dictates that the oldest son should be dedicated. They bring him into the temple to do just that. And as they bring him in, as they enter into the temple, Simeon is there, and Simeon understands, again, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't understand how, but somehow he knows this baby, this eight-day-old baby boy is the one. This is the Messiah, and he takes him in his arms, and he prophesies about him. He says, you will be great, you will do amazing things, you will reveal so much, you will be a light to the Gentiles, a joy to the Jewish people, but you will also bring strife. And he shares all of this with Mary and Joseph. Now, here's the thing that I really pick up on. As Simeon is sharing all these things, and he goes on and he, he sort of singles out Mary and tells her uh, that she'll experience more around the life of Jesus, we hear that Joseph and Mary are amazed. Now, that caught my attention as I began thinking about this passage and working with this passage, that they are amazed. Think about everything that Mary and Joseph have experienced in the year leading up to this. If we look at Matthew's gospel, we see that an angel appears to Joseph in a dream right after he has learned that, that Mary is pregnant. He's considering how to handle this situation, and the angel appears to him and says, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. The baby that she will bear is the Messiah. He will be great. Don't be afraid to do this. So Joseph has had this amazing experience. Likewise, as we heard about a couple of weeks ago, Mary has been visited by Gabriel even before she's pregnant. She's visited by the angel, basically told the same thing. Greetings, favored one. You have found favor with God. The Holy Spirit will enter into you the power of the Spirit will be upon you. You will conceive. You will be pregnant. The one that you bear will be the Messiah. You will name him Jesus, and he will be called Great, the Son of the Most High. Then Mary goes off and she visits her cousin Elizabeth, who we also heard about, the mother of John the Baptist, who in her old age has become pregnant. She, in her old age, even though she was barren, she too has had this miraculous pregnancy. And an angel had appeared to, to Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah, and, and, and actually made him mute to where he couldn't talk. All of these other things have been experienced. Mary would have, Mary would have been a part of that and been around that. All of these things are happening. 
And then they go off, as we heard about at Christmas Eve, they go off to Jerusalem, and it's during the, this time, or actually they're going to Bethlehem to, to be counted in the census, and it's during this time that the baby is born, and the shepherds show up, and the star that has been blazing has shown up, and all the angels have been proclaiming this thing. There's all these different things. As time goes on, more and more things will continue to happen that are amazing about this child. We hear about him when he's 12 years old and he's in the temple and he amazes everyone who hears him. Later on in his ministry, all the miraculous things that will happen and Mary is around to witness a lot of this. Later, she'll be present at the cross when he dies and she's also there to see the empty tomb on Easter. All these amazing things that she has already experienced and will continue to experience. And yet in the midst of all this, in the midst of everything that has happened in this immediate time frame, we still hear that this promise of God spoken through Simeon is amazing. I wonder if we share in that. Folks, this has been a strange year. We've talked about that time after time after time after time. We've talked about it in recent weeks. We talked about it at Christmas Eve. I'm sure we'll continue to talk about it. But in this season, in this Christmas season, when we hear these same stories year after year, I find myself wondering, are we open to being surprised? Are we open to the amazement that God can do as God brings about something new in the midst of these same old stories. Now, just a few days ago on Christmas Eve, we talked about how the familiar story is a good thing. It's something for us to cling to in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of completely uncertain times, in the middle of a dark tunnel that we're still making our way through, even if we have light at the end of it. In the middle of all that, the familiar is a good thing, but do we find the familiar mundane? Or are we open to these new things that God is doing? These new things that, that God is up to and the way that we can be amazed and surprised by them. The promise is this, folks. As we live in the tension between these two things, an openness to be surprised and amazed and yet clinging to that which is familiar, perhaps to the point of being bored by it. As we live in that tension, I think it's important that we remember exactly what it is that God was up to through the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And even if we can't fully comprehend it, remember that in this Christ event, this event which began with the birth of Jesus, and even before it with, with the, the proclamations about him that, that we've heard about in recent weeks, that this story, this event that is happening is somehow changing this reality, this good but broken and flawed reality that God has made that originated out of God's delight, including all of us. God's doing something about it. And also we live in the tension of Jesus having redeemed this world through his life and his death and his resurrection, even if we don't understand how and still waiting for the fulfillment, the final fulfillment. We live in that tension as well. Folks, as followers of Christ, we live in tension. The tension of the now and the not yet. 
the tension of the familiar meeting something new and the reminder that somehow through the power of the Holy Spirit, which empowered Jesus and which also unites and empowers us as the body of Christ, somehow through that power of the Spirit, we are invited into God's action in the world. God made it, humanity messed it up. Jesus redeemed it, and we are invited into the work of reconciliation. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And as we consider the scriptures as a whole, the story of what God is up to in our reality from the beginning and even at the beginning, all the way to the unknown future and everything in between it, this large overarching story of what God is up to, our little part of it, our story becomes part of God's greater story. This is the promise that was made real through Christ when God became one of us and dwelled among us to show us that God takes delight in us and claims us as his own. May we hold on to that promise. May we be open to be being amazed by what God is doing as God continues to do new things in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And like Simeon and like Anna, may we share what we have seen May we share what we have experienced. May we share our experience of what God is up to in the world so that those around us may hear and they too may be amazed by all that God has done. Amen.